listening. So today I wanted to do another reading of some folk tales from around the world. I have a few more countries that have started listening. Hello to my listeners from the Netherlands, from Australia, and from Brazil and Italy. I wanted to send some comfort and peace out to Italy right now. I know all of us are feeling the stress of what's going on today, but it seems like Italy could use a little extra piece of comfort right now. So I would like to read some folk tales from Italy this evening. So if you're ready to go to bed, I invite you to get snuggled up under the covers, get comfortable, close your eyes, take a deep breath in and out, and join me in sending a little bit of peace and love and comfort to Italy as I read you to sleep this evening. The first story is called Crab. There was once a king who had lost a valuable ring. He looked for it everywhere but could not find it, so he issued a proclamation that if any astrologer could tell him where it was, he would be richly rewarded. A poor peasant by the name of Crab heard of the proclamation. He could neither read nor write, but took it into his head that he wanted to be the astrologer to find the king's ring. So he went and presented himself to the king, to whom he said, Your majesty must know that I am an astrologer, though you see me so poorly dressed. I know that you have lost a ring, and I will try my study to find out where it is. Very well, said the king. When you have found it, what reward must I give you? That is at your discretion, your majesty. Go then, study, and we shall see what kind of an astrologer you turn out to be. He was conducted to a room in which he was to be shut up to study, for it contained only a bed and a table on which were a large book and writing materials. Crab seated himself at the table and did nothing but turn over the leaves of the book and scribbled the paper so that the servants who brought him his food thought him a great man. They were the ones who had stolen the ring, and from the severe glances that the peasant cast at them whenever they entered, they began to fear that they would be found out. They made him endless bows and never opened their mouths without calling him Mr. Astrologer. Crab, who, although illiterate, was as a peasant, very cunning. All at once imagined that the servants must know about the ring, and this is the way that his suspicions were confirmed. He had been shut up in his room 
turning over his book and scribbling his paper for a month. When his wife came to visit him, he said to her, Hide yourself under the bed, and when a servant enters, say, That is one. When another comes, say, That is two, and so on. The woman hid herself. The servants came with the dinner, and hardly the first one entered, when a voice from under the bed said, That is one. The second one entered. The voice said, That is two, and so on. The servants were very frightened at hearing that voice, for they did not know where it came from, and held a consultation. One of them said, We are discovered. If the astrologer denounces us to the king of thieves, we are lost. Do you know what we must do? said another. Let us hear. We must go to the astrologer and tell him frankly that we stole the ring and ask him not to betray us and present him with a purse of money. Are you willing? Perfectly. So they went in harmony to the astrologer, making him a lower bow than usual. One of them began, Mr. Astrologer, you have discovered that we stole the ring. We are poor people, and if you reveal it to the king, we are undone. So I beg you not to betray us and accept this purse of money. Grab took the purse and then added, I will not betray you, but you must do what I tell you if you wish to save your lives. Take the ring and make that turkey in the courtyard swallow it and leave the rest to me. The servants were satisfied to do so and departed with a low bow. The next day, Grab went to the king and said to him, Your majesty must know that after having toiled over a month, I have succeeded in discovering where the ring has gone to. Where is it then? asked the king. The turkey has swallowed it. A turkey? Very well, let us see. They went for the turkey, opened it, and found the ring inside. The king Amazed, presented the astrologer with a large purse of money and invited him to a banquet. Among the other dishes that was brought to the table was a plate of crabs. Crabs must then have been very rare, because only the king and a few others knew their name. Turning to the peasant, the king said, You, who are an astrologer, must be able to tell me the name of the things that are in this dish. The poor astrologer was very much puzzled, and as if speaking to himself, but in such a way that the others heard him, he muttered, Ah, crab, crab, what a plight you were in. All who did not know that his name was Crab rose and proclaimed him the greatest astrologer in the world. The next story that I have for you is called Bastianello. Once upon a time, there was a husband and a wife who had a son. This son grew up and said one day to his mother, Do you know, mother, I would like to marry. Very well, marry. Whom do you want to take? He answered, I want the gardener's daughter. She is a good girl. Take her. I am willing. So he went and asked for the girl, and her parents gave her to him. They were married, and when they were in the midst of the dinner, the wine gave out. The 
husband said, there is no more wine. The bride, to show that she was a good housekeeper, said, I will go and get some. She took the bottles and went to the cellar, turned the cock, and began to think, I suppose I should have a son, and we should call him Bastianello, and he should die. Oh, how grieved I should be. Oh, how grieved I should be. And thereupon, she began to weep and weep, and meanwhile, the wine was running all over the cellar. When they saw that the bride did not return, the mother said, I will go and see what the matter is. So she went into the cellar and saw the bride with the bottle in her hand, weeping while the wine was running over the cellar. What is the matter with you that you are weeping? Ah, my mother, I was thinking that if I had a son and should name him Bastianello and he should die, oh, how I should grieve, oh, how I should grieve. The mother, too, began to weep and weep and weep, and meanwhile the wine was still running all over the cellar. When the people at the table saw that no one had brought the wine, the groom's father said, I will go and see what is the matter. Certainly something wrong has happened to the bride. He went and saw the whole cellar full of wine, and the mother and bride weeping. What is the matter, he said. Has anything wrong happened to you? No, said the bride, but I was thinking that if I had a son, and should call him Bastianello, and he should die, oh, how I should grieve, oh, how I should grieve. Then he too began to weep, and all three wept, and meanwhile the wine was running over the cellar. When the groom saw that neither the bride, nor the mother, nor the father came back, he said, Now I will go and see what the matter is that no one returns. He went to the cellar and saw all the wine running over the cellar. He hastened and stopped the cask and then asked, What is the matter that you are all weeping and have let wine run all over the cellar? Then the bride said, I was thinking that if I had a son and called him Bastianello, and he should die, oh, how I should grieve, oh, how I should grieve. Then the groom said, you stupid fools, are you weeping at this and letting all the wine run into the cellar? Have you nothing else to think of? It shall never be said that I remained with you. I will roam about the world, and until I find three fools greater than you, I will not return home. He had a bread cake made, took a bottle of wine, a sausage, and some linen, and made a bundle, which he put on a stick and carried over his shoulder. He journeyed and journeyed, but found no fool. At last he said, worn out, I must turn back, for I see I cannot find a greater fool than my wife. He did not know what to do, whether to go on or to turn back. Oh, he said, it is better to try and go a little farther. So he went on, and shortly he saw a man in his shirt sleeves at the well, all wet with perspiration and water. What are you doing, sir, that you are so covered with water and in such a sweat? Oh, let me alone, the man answered, for I have been here a long time drawing water to fill this pail, and I cannot fill it. What are you drawing the water in, he asked him. In this sieve, he said. What are you thinking about to draw water in a sieve? Just wait. He went to a house nearby and borrowed a bucket, with which he returned to the well and filled the pail. Thank you, good man. God knows how long I shall to remain here. There is one who is a greater fool than my wife. 
He continued his journey, and after a time he saw at a distance a man in his shirt who was jumping down from a tree. He drew near and saw a woman under the same tree holding a pair of breeches. He asked them what they were doing, and they said that they had been there a long time, and that the man was trying on those breeches and did not know how to get into them. I have jumped and jumped, said the man, until I am tired out, and I cannot imagine how to get those breeches on. Oh, said the traveler, you might stay here as long as you wished, for you would never get into them this way. Come down and lean against the tree. Then he took his legs and put them in the breeches, and after he'd put them on, he said, Is that right? Very good. Bless you. If it had not been for you, God knows how long I should have had to jump. And the traveler said to himself, I have seen two fools greater than my wife. Then he went his way, and as he approached the city, he heard a great noise. When he drew near, he asked what it was, and was told it was a marriage, and that it was the custom in the city for the brides to enter the city gate on horseback, that there was a great discussion on this occasion between the groom and the owner of the horse, but the bride was tall and the horse high, and they could not get through the gate, so they must either cut off the bride's head or the horse's legs. The groom did not wish his bride's head cut off, and the owner of the horse did not wish his horse's legs cut off, and hence the disturbance. Then the traveler said, just wait, and came up to the bride and gave her a slap that made her lower her head, and then he gave the horse a kick. So they passed through the gate and entered the city. The groom and the owner of the horse asked the traveler what he wanted, for he had saved the groom his bride, and the owner of the horse his horse. He answered that he did not wish anything and said to himself, Two and one make three. That is enough. Now I will go home. He did so and said to his wife, Here I am, my wife. I have seen three greater fools than you. Now let us remain in peace and think about nothing else. They renewed the wedding and always remained in peace. After a time, the wife had a son, who they named Bastianello, and Bastianello did not die, but in fact still lives with his father and mother. Okay, the next story I have for you is called The Cock and the Mouse. Once upon a time, there was a cock and a mouse. One day, the mouse said to the cock, Friend cock, shall we go and eat some nuts on yonder tree? As you like. So they both went under the tree, and the mouse climbed up at once and began to eat. The poor cock was to fly, and flew, and flew, but could not come to where the mouse was. When it saw that there was no hope of getting there, it said, Friend mouse, do you know what I want you to do? Throw me a nut. The mouse went and threw one and hit the cock on the head. The poor cock, with its head all broken and covered with blood, went away to an old woman. Old aunt, give me some rags to cure my head. If you will give me two hairs, I will give you the rags. The cock went away to a dog. 
dog. Give me two hairs. The hairs I will give the old woman. The old woman will give me rags to cure my head. If you will give me a little bread, said the dog, I will give you the hairs. The cock went away to a baker. Baker, give me bread. I will give bread to the dog. The dog will give me hairs. The hairs I will carry to the old woman. The old woman will give me rags to cure my head. The baker answered, I will not give you bread unless you get me some wood. The cock went away to the forest. Forest, give me some wood. The wood I will carry to the baker. The baker will give me some bread. The bread I will give to the dog. The dog will give me hairs. The hairs I will carry to the old woman. The old woman will give me rags to cure my head. The forest answered, If you will bring me a little water, I will give you some wood. The cock went away to the fountain. Fountain, give me water. Water I will carry to the forest. The forest will give me wood. Wood I will carry to the baker. The baker will give me bread. The bread I will give to the dog. The dog will give me hairs. The hairs I will give to the old woman. The old woman will give me rags to cure my head. The fountain gave him water. The water he carried to the forest. The forest gave him wood. The wood he carried to the baker. The baker gave him bread. The bread he gave to the dog. The dog gave him the hairs. The hairs he carried to the old woman. The old woman gave him the rags and the cock finally cured his head. The last story that I have for you is called The Thoughtless Abbot. There was once in a city a priest who became an abbot, and because of his wealth had carriages, horses, grooms, steward, secretary, valet, and many other servants. This abbot thought only of eating, drinking, and sleeping. All the priests and laymen were jealous of him and called him the thoughtless abbot. One day, the king happened to pass that way and stopped, and all the abbot's enemies went to him straight away and accused the abbot, saying, Your majesty, in this town there is a person happier than you, very rich and lacking nothing in the world, and he is called the thoughtless abbot. After reflection, the king said to the accusers, Gentlemen, depart in peace, for I will soon make this abbot to think. The king sent directly for the abbot, who had his carriage made ready, and went to the king in his coach and four. The king received him kindly, made him sit at his side, and talked about various things with him. Finally, he asked him why they called him the thoughtless abbot, and he replied that it was because he was free from care and that his servants attended to his interests. Then the king said, Well then, Sir Abbot, since you have nothing to do, do me the favor of counting all the stars in the sky, and this do within three days and three nights, otherwise you will surely be beheaded. The poor thoughtless abbot on hearing these words began to tremble like a leaf, and 
taking leave of the king, returned home in mortal fear for his neck. When mealtime came, he could not eat on account of his great anxiety, and went out at once on the terrace to look at the sky, but the poor man could not see a single star. When it grew dark and the stars came out, the abbot began to count them and write them down, but it grew dark and light again without the abbot succeeding in his task. The cook, the steward, the secretaries, the grooms, the coachman, and everyone else in the house became thoughtful when they saw that their master did not eat or drink and always watched the sky. Not knowing what else to think, they believed that he had gone mad. To make the matter short, the three days passed without the abbot succeeding in counting the stars, and the poor man did not know how to present himself to the king, for he was sure he would behead him. Finally, the last day, an old and trusty servant begged him so long that he told him the whole matter and said, I have not been able to count the stars, and the king will cut off my head this morning. When the servant had heard all, he said, Do not fear and leave it to me. I will settle everything. He went and bought a large ox hide, stretched it on the ground, and cut off a piece of the tail, half an ear, and a small piece out of the side, and then said to the abbot, Now let us go to the king, and when he asks, Your Excellency, how many stars there are in heaven, Your Excellency will call me. I will stretch the hide on the ground, and Your Excellency will say, stars in the heaven are as many as the hairs on the side, and as there are more hairs than stars, I have been obliged to cut up a part of the hide. After the abbot had heard him, he felt relieved, ordered his carriage, and took his servant to the king. When the king saw the abbot, he saluted him and said, Have you fulfilled my command? Yes, your majesty, answered the abbot. The stars are all counted. Then tell me how many they are. The abbot called his servant, who brought the hide and spread it on the ground, while the king, not knowing how the matter was going to end, continued his questioning. When the servant had stretched up the hide, the abbot said to the king, Your majesty, during these three days I have gone mad counting the stars, and they are all counted. In short, how many are they? Your Majesty, the stars are as many as the hairs of the side, and those that were in excess I have had to cut off, and they were so many hundreds of millions, and if you don't believe me, have them counted, for I have brought you the proof. Then the king remained with his mouth open and had nothing to answer. He said only, Go and live as long as Noah, without thoughts, for your brains are enough for you. And so speaking, he dismissed him, thanking him, and remaining henceforth his best friend. The abbot returned home with his servant, delighted and rejoicing. He thanked his servant, made him his steward and intimate friend, and gave him more than an ounce of money a day to live on. Those are just a few of the folk tales that I have from Italy in my collection. I always like 
stories from the Mediterranean because sometimes they don't have a lesson and they are just a bit silly. And I'm sure you've noticed by now that a lot of folk tales are very similar content. Someone's wife is always being mischievous. There is always a worry to solve or a puzzle to think about very cleverly. I like how each country has their own version and it's really what inspired me to collect a lot of different folk tales from around the world. As I mentioned in another episode, I do have hundreds, I probably have closer to a thousand fairy tales and folklore, and I just enjoy reading all of them. In another episode, maybe I'll read some of Anderson's fairy tales or tales from the Brothers Grimm. I do have those in my collection as well. Some of them are very well known, like Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast, but some of them are less well known, and I like to read things that are a little bit different on this podcast, so I hope you don't mind if I don't read the very popular ones that you probably already know until much later on. I hope that you are very relaxed by now, and I hope that you are ready for bed if you're not already asleep. Please feel free to let me know if you would like for me to read folk tales from a specific country or area, and I'll do my best to find tales from those countries. Even if they're not in my collection, I'll be more than happy to search for some just for you. And I hope that you have a good night and you have sweet dreams. And please remember to give peace love and patience to those around you. We're all in this together. Good night.